Hi, everybody. I've got a quick message for you here. Um, been under the weather for a little bit, uh, bouncing back, so I thought I'd fire this out before I go back under because I had a, a relapse, and I'm hoping to do this before I have a trilapse, and God willing, I don't. But I hope you're well and you're safe and you're healthy. I want to talk about something that's relevant to all of us, and that's taxes. Man, do I hate taxes. Do you hate taxes? I hate taxes. I do. But then again, I don't. So I'll tell you why I hate them, and then I'll tell you why I love them actually. And and then we can maybe strike a balance. Now, it was recently revealed that uh, the President of the United States, has, uh, who is a self-proclaimed billionaire and has that, had that status for a long time, uh, had 15 years of his tax returns, which he will not divulge or show, uh, were revealed. And in those 15 years, that 15 year span up to just a couple of years ago, it was revealed that this billionaire uh, didn't pay taxes in 10 of those years. He paid zero taxes as a billionaire. Um, now, for some people, they can't wrap their head around that, and I get that. It's actually possible. Uh, you know, if you're a businessman and you make a million but you lose a million, you're gonna break even. If you make a million and you lose two million, you're not gonna pay any taxes. Uh, so that's one explanation that he's just flat out a lousy businessman and he's not what he you know, proclaims to be, which is also true because we find out that he's about $450 million in debt, actually, debt that's going to be called in the next four years. So he lives like a lot of people do. A lot of people drive fancy cars. They have big homes. They have big boats. They have a house in the hills. They have all these all these things and then they end up flat broke because they're leveraged out they own these things but they're only paying a little bit they're you know leasing the car they're uh, missing mortgage payments on the home that go 30 years and ultimately they can't afford it you, you know you know the, dr the drill they just they just collapse because it's all a facade it's a house of cards it's all about show and looks but the substance behind it is really bad economics and 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 bad handling of finances. <clears throat> we also found out in five other years of those 15 years uh, that he paid uh, a little bit of taxes. In fact, two years, he paid $750. 700, he's a billionaire, $750. Now you gotta think there's something wrong with that. So how does that happen? Well, it happens because the system's really bad. Um, the system is built and tilted towards the rich and they can get away with a lot. You have tax shelters, you have off, a lot of these, these rich billionaires, they shove their money and profits offshore into tax-free uh, uh, municipalities in the Bahamas and other places where they can hide their money and not be taxed by the United States uh, of America. There's lots of loopholes. And of course, we all know this and it's really complicated. Uh, this is why this particular president right now, I think his, his last audit is lasting over five years because it's so detailed with so much going on. And what happens is, is that the IRS chooses not to go after these people particularly because they have attorneys, they have money, they have wealth, and they, they like, they're fraudulent and they're hard, they're, they're hard to expose. Uh, so it's more than likely that the IRS will go after a woman who's working at a waitress and making sure that she's paying taxes on her tips every night then they go after a big corporation or a big wig uh, you know billionaire who's hiding his money so it's either one of two things it's, it's some sort of fraud it's some sort of uh, uh, when I say fraud it's a manipulation of the system and the system in itself 
is flawed and fraudulent and uh, and it's unjust and 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 or it's they're just legitimate and you know, you, you you lost more money than you made then you can break even that way now when I say fraudulent, I, I, I think of the system as being first and foremost fraudulent. There's nothing wrong with somebody trying to pay the least amount of taxes and keep as much money as they want, uh, as they can. There's, in, in principle, who, who could have a problem with that? You know, I, I, I write every write-off I can that's possible, uh, and yet I spend <laughs> a lot more on taxes than $750. Um, so, there, there's a there's a brokenness in the system and this is the way it's always been and and basically the people under under the oppression of the system are the poor uh, or comparatively poor I mean we're all comparatively poor compared to a billionaire right now, this is nothing new it was this way in Jesus day big time in Jesus day taxes were a huge issue uh, in the Bible taxes are a huge issue uh, in fact, Jesus talks about taxes. The Bible talks about taxes. We're going to take a couple of looks at a couple of things at what was happening. Now, in Jesus' day, the Second Temple time period, you had to pay taxes. You had Jewish taxes and you had Roman taxes as well. And the Roman taxes were extensive. I mean, they were, they were really steep. A lot of Jesus' friends were tax collectors. They were Jews who collected taxes for Israel and or for the Roman government. That was not a popular job to have, to be an IRS agent for the Roman Empire as a Jew taxing peasant Jews and poor Jews. Um, and so they were hated. And yet, ironically, Jesus had tax collectors as friends. He even had one Matthew, a prominent tax collector in the area of the Galilee, as one of his primary disciples, most of you know of Matthew. Uh, most of you know of the story of Zacchaeus. He was a regional, he was a big shot, big wig IRS agent for Rome as a Jew uh, in, 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 in the area of Judea. And if you remember him, he climbed up a tree to get a glimpse of Jesus. And Jesus says, I, I got to come to your house today, which was a big scandal because he's a tax collector. He's loathed. He's hated. And, 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 and he invites himself over. And Zacchaeus goes out of his mind. He's so rejoiced. He's so, he's so happy. He wants to give money back to the people he's extorted because that was something that happened a lot. Extortion. Matter of fact, when the, the Gospels start, and they start with John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, proclaiming that he is the harbinger of the way uh, for the Messiah that's to come. And he's preaching at the River Jordan. And at the River Jordan, while he's baptizing and preaching a message of repentance, which means to return, to turn around, come back to the starting line. We've messed up. We've lost the plot. Let's get back on track. He tells people to repent. And a lot of people get broken in their hearts, including tax collectors. And they ask questions like, well, well, well what do we do? Soldiers asks it, ask it. Uh, Priests ask, what should we do? Uh, uh, the Amharets, people of the land, ask what we should do. And he says some, you know, things you'll remember. If you have two coats, give one to somebody that doesn't. You know, some practical applications. So what about taxes? It says here in John chapter 3, verse 12, that even the tax collectors came to be baptized by John. And they said, teacher, rabbi, they ask, what should we do? And here's John's simple answer. This is a simple answer. Don't collect any more than you're required to. Don't extort people. 
just collect the tax you're supposed to collect. He doesn't tell them, don't collect taxes. Why? Because taxes in them themselves are good. It's something that that is good. It's something that is godly. It's something that it's it's a part of living in community. It's it's a part of loving your neighbor as yourself. Uh, when Jesus was in the area of Capernaum, Capernaum, we call it. It was kind of his home base, where Matthew was the tax collector. One day, there approached Peter, the tax collector. Oh, excuse me. Uh, uh, Peter's approach, he was not a tax collector, he was a fisherman, of course. But Peter is approached, and he is approached by some religious Jews, and they come to him, and it says in Matthew 17, 24 through 27, when Jesus and the others arrived in Capernaum, the collectors for the temple tax, now that's a Jewish tax, the temple tax, came to Peter and asked, does your rabbi pay the temple tax? Good question, because if he's a good Jew, he's paying his taxes. And Peter answered, no, he doesn't. He doesn't believe in taxes. No, that's not what he said. He said emphatically, yes, he does. Now, what was the temple tax? It was a shekel. Here, I got one. This is a 2,000-year-old. I'm going to try. You can see the head of the emperor on it there. This is a, what they call a 2,000-year-old Tyrrhenian shekel. And this particular shekel I got while in Jerusalem is struck with the Jerusalem mint. What does that mean? Super rare. This is a very rare coin. I love collecting coins. I love collecting rare coins. This is a rare biblical coin, exceedingly rare. Why? Because it's a, it's a slug of silver that's called a Tyrrhenian shekel. That was the, uh, it was the money. It was a currency of high quality that was used by the temple to, elect, to collect taxes. Now, what's some of the funny stuff about that? Well, first of all, it has an image <laughs> of, a, of an emperor on it. Uh, and if you know Jewish history, graven images are a no-no. But <laughs> the religious Jews made an exception for this one particular coin. Why? Because it was so pure in its content of silver. They're like, yeah, but that's a really good coin. <laughs> we might make an exception with that, so they did, and it became the standard. Why is the Jerusalem coin so cool? Well, because they were they were struck in, in at the mint in Tyre, which is north of Israel, in a, in a in a gentile in a gentile city and region. Um, at one point, the mint in Tyre decided to dilute slightly the silver content. You know, it's, it's making more bank for them. This so offended the priests in Jerusalem that they begged the Tyrrhenian government and mint that they could open their own mint and mint Tyrrhenian shekels with higher silver content in Jerusalem to be paid into the temple tax. The temple tax was a half shekel, okay? Uh, and this Tyrrhenian shekel was one of the main currencies. So they actually began to strike these coins in Jerusalem with higher silver content. This is smart, right? You know, they're, they're not letting inflation impact the religious giving and money that the temple's getting. Now, what is the temple tax used for? 
for lots of things. It's used to maintain the temple, which was the center of Jewish culture. It's used to pay uh, priests. It's used to pay judges in the judicial system, Jewish judges, uh, and, 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 and other municipal things that took place. The Jews had lots of taxes, the Jewish taxes. They called them tithes a lot of times. You've probably heard that. A tithe is a tax, is all it is, right? And, and biblically, there was lots of different tithes at different times. And in Jesus' day, in the Second Temple Pine period, there was all kinds of taxes, taxes for the poor. Uh, they taxed you so that you could contribute to the Jewish central government, and then they would redisperse that to people that were poor. They did that with education. They had education taxes so they could grow, raise Jewish boys with good Jewish educations, uh, what we would call our public schools. There were lots of taxes. Sometimes a tax was in the form of not what, uh, what you gave, but what you didn't. Like when you harvested your crop, the tax was you don't harvest at all. You leave the edges of your fields filled with fruit so poor people could come and, and, and have something to eat. See, the tax system in a good, healthy society works for the society. It helps everybody. It elevates everybody, including the tax giver. That's why I don't mind paying taxes. I want to pay taxes because there's lots of services that are really good that are good for everybody, for my community, for my family, for my friends, for my neighbors, that are good, like public schools, like law enforcement. It's good to have law enforcement. It's good to have a fire department. That's a, that's a socialized system. Law enforcement, fire department, that's socialism. That's where we all chip in to pay these people these guys and gals, to be there if we need them. So that when I leave my home and all of a sudden my neighbor sees a, my gosh, Paul's garage looks like it's on fire. Call 911 and I got the fire department here and they put out the fire and I come home to that. It's because of a fire department, a social service, libraries, as I said, schools, so much can go to state education, on and on and on and on. Lots of pluses to paying taxes roads we drive on roads because we all cooperate pay our taxes and have roads stoplights stop signs intersections highways freeways all that's because of taxes so many good things what do we not like about taxes what do i not like when it's abused when it's oppressive when people don't pay their fair share like the billionaires nobody likes that and that's why there's always has been a consistent need for tax reform and the Bible calls for that too, justly. That's why exactly what John says, don't ask for more than what's required. We all know about taxes that go crazy into social systems that become bloated and inefficient. Look at the US military. You know, they're famous for the $500 hammer and the $2,000 toilet. These excesses and this, this waste of these excessive salaries and a bureaucracy that just goes up, 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 up. That's one of the problems that can happen in education is that teachers who are doing the grunt work, who are really teaching our kids, don't get paid well, but then upper, upper brass are making hundreds of thousands of dollars. Nobody likes that. And we should complain about that. And we should call for reform. And we need to call for reform now about the tax system in the United States of America, because people, the richest people, in the country and in the world and in this country are not paying their fair share and that's bad and it's unjust 
and it's, it's a grave, I'm going to call it for what it is, it is a grave moral sin. So, having said that, what do we do now? I love what Jesus said. Um, Jesus was asked one day, some Pharisees were trying to trap him because they knew that this volatile issue of the, of the taxes was, was, a, was a problem. And that he seemed to endorse tax collectors, which they didn't like, right? So they said to him one day, in Mark chapter 12, I'm reading now, verse 14 through 17, they approach him and they trap him. They say, is it lawful to pay the census tax to Caesar or not? Should we pay or should we not pay? Now they're hoping to nail Jesus because if he says pay the tax to Caesar, they're going to say, you're paying homage to Caesar. Don't, yeah, you're probably wondering about this. Yeah, and that was the exception. <laughs> But paying taxes to the emperor, that's not Jewish. That's giving honor to somebody that's not God. And if Jesus says, don't pay your taxes to Caesar, then they got him by the short hairs. They're going to report him to the Roman authorities and say, he's preaching sedition not to pay your taxes, right? If he says, pay your taxes to Caesar, now he's going to go to all the fundamentalist hyper-religious Jews and say look at that guy he's not a good Jew he's paying homage he's telling others to pay homage to the Emperor of Rome so he's kind of between a rock and a hard place and Jesus says it to him he calls him out he says why are you testing me and then he says bring me a denarius to look at what's a denarius it was the standard living wage of a day it's a small silver coin I got one right here 2,000 years old this is a silver Roman denarius. Also has the image of its Caesar on it. This coin was a day's wages. And it was a and the Jews used it. So he's in a Jewish crowd. Somebody pulls out a denarius and flips it to him. Jesus catches the denarius and he holds the coin up and he says this. Bring me a denarius to look at. They brought him one. And he says, whose image and description is on this? And everybody kind of looks around sheepishly and they say, Caesar's. Now they got him. And he simply says, well, then pay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. I pay to God what belongs to God. Wow. I would not want to spar with Jesus. He just, he just knocked that out of the park. He just tied them in a knot. He's just saying, yeah, 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 taxes, smashes, whatever. Maybe they're not fair, maybe they're not right, but whatever. Render unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar, but give to God what belongs to God. Because there are things that are more important than just the money and the rule of the law. There's the spirit of it. So I pay my taxes. I follow the law. I render unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar, but far more importantly... I render unto God what belongs to God. And in doing that, I also call for tax reform. I also call for fairness and justice for so many people who are on the short end of the stick. I think of my sister, one of the hardest working people I've ever met and known in my life, a work ethic like no under. She's never been without work since the age of 17. She's 69 years old and she still works hard today. And I remember recently when she got audited, I was just like, you gotta be kidding me, man. She got audited and she had like, she barely scrapes by. And I think about all the time and energy that went into auditing this woman, but then I hear it all the time. 
people who work at McDonald's, people who work as, like I said, as waitresses, all kinds of people. And then the, the audit is this brutal thing, and then you got billionaires shooting off billions of dollars into offshore money accounts. You got billionaires paying zero taxes. You got billionaires living large, living life, having it all, and then paying $750 in taxes. That's wrong. It's immoral. It's unjust. And as I give to God what belongs to God, I fight against that kind of immorality and injustice. And I invite you to do the same. God bless you. Peace and grace be with you.